Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. This is part four of our Raising Samuel series. And we're still in Samuel chapter three. Today's message builds very specifically on last week's message. Last week, we talked about how we need the voice of God in order to live out the call of God. We live out the call of God through the voice of God. The voice of God was the main element that enabled Samuel to become who God had had destined for him to be. The main voice, the voice of God was was the key element. We talked last week how the voice of God is the word of God and the word of God is Christ himself. When you read your Bible, you are talking to Christ himself. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know he offered himself. He went back into heaven. But he has left the word with us and the word of God, the voice of God is how he shapes us. This week we continue to build off of the all-important voice of God or word of God in the New Testament context. Now this message is for people who really want to grow. Okay, what I'm going to talk to you about is is specifically for those who really want to grow in God, who really want to answer the call of God. This is for the person who really wants to follow Christ, for the person who really wants to be led. Today's message stands in stark contradiction of what one author describes as the mindset of infinite browsing. Okay, there's an author who just wrote a book um, called Dedicated, and here's what he says. He says that infinite people live in infinite browsing mode, and this is the state, listen, of hopping from job to job or relationship to relationship in the same indecisive way that one peruses Netflix. Here's what he's saying. And you gotta get this. You gotta get this. Everybody, please listen in. Sometimes, whether it, I'm just using Netflix or whatever you do to, you know, maybe go watch a documentary or a good, clean movie, like all of us, we watch good, clean movies around here, right? That's a good time to say amen. So, So you're perusing and you're looking for something and um, you could spend 20, 30 minutes looking for what you want to watch. So browsing go, becomes infinite browsing. And he says that's become, in a sense, a lifestyle for people in our country especially and then in the world. He actually gave a speech at a Harvard Law School, school talking about, a, he called it a counterculture of commitment And it's been viewed more than 30 million times. So here's what he said about infinite browsing. I've come to believe that this is the defining characteristic of my generation, keeping our options open. The Polish philosopher Zygmunt Bauman, I should get points for saying that well. Zygmunt Bauman has a great phrase 
for what I'm talking about. Liquid modernity. We never want to commit to any one identity or place or community, so we, we remain like liquid in a state that can adapt to fit any future shape. And it's not just us. The world around us remains like liquid too. We can't rely on any job or role, idea or cause, group or institution to stick around in the same form for long. They can't rely on us to do so either. That's liquid modernity. It's infinite browsing mode, but for everything in our lives. Today's message is about the opposite of infinite browsing mode. Christianity is not about keeping our options open. Christianity is all about selling out to God's choice for our lives. Christianity means we choose the will of God over everything else. Our dreams, our desires, our, our proclivities, our bents. How many want the will of God? Because only what you do for Christ will last. And this flies in the face of, of kind of complacency and, and casual Christianity. And I've been praying in the name of Jesus, Lord, God, strip us down, set us free from the burdens and from the shackles that make us complacent and cold and callous when it comes to the call of God. Amen. We need to answer the call of God because Jesus is coming back and the time is short. You only have one life to live. Live it for the call of God. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, I, um, another way to describe this is I've actually seen this on staff and um, it just, it's mind boggling to me how um, people work with so many tabs open on their computers. I want to show you an image of it. I put it up here so you can really see it. So if you walk around the office, like this is literally from someone here, right? So if you walk around the office, these are all open tabs. How, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 Google Docs. That's 11 documents that they're working on at the same time. They're all of these things that they have open and I, I've interviewed a couple of them and they've told me, yeah, it kind of drives me crazy. Okay, because when you live in infinite browsing, it leads you distracted. You're looking at the things, I gotta do that, I gotta do that, I gotta do that, instead of just getting to this. Secondly, it slows down your computer, I was told. I don't live like this, I'm a too simple. That will drive me crazy. L lastly, one of the things that one of the staff members was saying is, yeah, every once in a while, I just gotta address this. Okay, because... If you don't address this, sometimes you'd feel like you don't, you're underdeveloped. You don't do anything super well. But this is life. I'm talking about life. This is not a criticism. This is life. Okay? But what we're saying today is if you want to answer the call of God, you got to commit to the voice of God. You've got to say, this is the option that I choose. I want to follow God's will for my life. And I want to, look, I want to encourage you today. Doing God's will will never disappoint you. Living out the call of God will not let you down. 
heaven and earth will pass away, but he who does the will of God will live forever. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. So the title of today's message is The Voice of God Develops Us. The voice of God develops us. It's not just hearing the voice occasionally. It's actually that the voice of God is what we need so that we can be developed. The voice of God becomes the way we are shaped. The voice of God becomes the, 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 the principal, essential guidance system of our lives. That's what we see unfolding, <clears throat> excuse me, in the life of Samuel. Now I'm gonna read 1 Samuel chapter three. I'm gonna read verse uh, 10 and then jump down and skip a, a section because next week we're gonna cover this section. Please read ahead two or three chapters. After this, the next three chapters in Samuel will all be about the Ark of the Covenant or the presence of God, the manifest presence of God in the Old Testament. But today we're just zeroing in a little, one more time on what was happening in Samuel's life and his development. So the Bible says, uh, the, we, and we finished off here last week, the Lord came and stood there calling, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. The Lord was with Samuel as he, Samuel, Samuel. The Lord was with Samuel. This is where we uh, ended and here's, this is where we're starting. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel, everyone last three words ready, through his word. Through his word. Now, I just want to pray for a moment. But as we go to look at God's voice developing us, remember that when God started to speak to Samuel, the word of God was rare. How does God break the silence? He breaks the silence by calling his people. God wants to break the silence of his word on the earth. He wants to use us to speak into controversy and hardship and difficulty and stress and strife with the word of the Lord. Anybody want the word of the Lord in your mouth? Well, we need the word of God to develop us. So let me pray. Father, thank you for this day and this time. And Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us in the next few moments, online, around the country, around the world, at, at, at Kilpatrick. God, would you speak to us? And Lord, would you deposit something, Lord, that will last for a lifetime? Put a fresh desire, a burning desire in your people to follow you and to answer the call. Bless this word, bless our time together in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we need the voice of God. The voice of God, you don't just get saved. God has to keep, you have to grow in hearing from God so that you can develop. What does develop mean? Develop means to grow, to progress, or evolve through a process of maturation. In other words, every Christian here, it's, it's good that you gave your heart to the Lord, but you should keep maturing in the Lord. You should keep growing in the Lord and developing as a child of God, as a man of God, as a woman of God. Some people uh, uh, fail to recognize how important the development process actually is. Some people think the apostle Paul got saved and just started preaching. But it's not so. That's not the way it went. Listen, listen to uh, uh, what it says in Galatians. When he was testifying to the Galatian church, he said, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, all right, who was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. Listen to this. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. And later I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, who was actually the apostle Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. You see, even the apostle Paul, he gets knocked off the horse and then God takes him away. Why? To develop him. See, God had to get him alone so he could develop him. He was, he was a learned man. He was a, a Pharisee. He knew the Bible, the Old Testament, as well as anybody. But God had to develop him in the ways of grace. God had to teach him about the new covenant and about the love of Jesus. And years went by so that he could grow in the things of God. God wants to develop you. God wants to teach each and every person here how to hear his voice. Wherever you work, wherever you live, he wants to speak to you. He wants to use you in powerful ways. Listen to how Charles Spurgeon put this. When I read this, I was like, Lord, I could read this statement and then there's no, no more sermon necessary. God speaks to his people sometimes in the tones which invite to the innermost communion. I cannot tell you how they sound your ear must itself have heard them to know what they are. What it's saying is this. Sometimes people say, God spoke to me. And you say, well, how? You say, I, I know. He spoke to me through his word. This, that happened, and I just, I know. How did you know to take that position and say no to that position? I can't explain it all, but I just know I've spent enough time with the Lord that he's shown me his will, and I know. You see, that's the kind of life, that's the kind of walk that God wants for all of his people. Different people develop in different ways. You know, Andre Agassi, the tennis star, he grew up at a tennis school since he was seven. Pete, Pistol Pete, famous basketball player, his dad would take him to the movies, and when he was in the movies, half the movie, he would dribble. He would put him on the aisle, and he's dribbling a basketball in the movies. That's commitment. <laughs> then he would move second half, he'd dribble with his other hand. Bobby Fischer, the great chess star, 
He was, he was such a poor student in school and he was so like edgy, he couldn't listen. He, was a, he, was his teach, he drove his teachers nuts. His parents got divorced, but at six or seven years old, he got interested in chess and he found the chess club in Manhattan. And when, after they had divorced and his mother was, he was a latchkey kid, she would come back and say, where's Bobby? He would be in the Manhattan chess club. Play, well, Manhattan, I really said that like a New Yorker, Manhattan. Manhattan Chess Club. And he'd be there till midnight. She'd have to go pull him out of there. And they would marvel. Different people get developed different ways. Samuel was developed by the voice of God. And that's something that's available to all of us. It's something that he has for each and every one of us. Listen here. The voice of God took Samuel from boy to man and from priest to a prophet. Okay? From boy to man, from, peace, from priest to a, a prophet. The priests minister to God. The prophets minister for God. This is very important. Okay? I know I'm kind of, I know, stick with me. This is very, very important. I want you to understand the progression here. Okay, he went from boy to man, and that's why children's church is so important. Because we want to speak the word of God into our children. How many would say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. If it was good for Samuel, it's good for our children too. Somebody say amen. So, and then he went from a priest to a prophet. Notice this, the priest ministers to God, the prophet ministers for God. He started ministering to God, and then it went for God. In other words, the voice of God is supposed to take us from private to public and from rooted to fruitful. Okay, what is your private life? I'm talking to someone online today. I'm talking to everyone here. What is your private life with God like? See, because it's in the private place. The Bible says, Jesus said, that he rewards openly what's done in secret. He rewards openly what's done in secret. The Bible says, and that man is like a tree. Anybody remember that one? Planted by streams of water. A healthy root system creates a, a, a powerful fruit system. But it's in the private place. In other words, in the kingdom of God, life is from the Lord for the Lord. Everybody say that with me. Ready? From the Lord for the Lord. One more time. From the Lord for the Lord. That is Christianity simplified. Your walk with God is from the Lord for the Lord. We can do nothing in our own strength. It's real simple. In private, we minister, we learn how to minister to God. We're everybody here is supposed to be like a priest. Everyone. What do priests do? Priests minister to God. Now it's funny because, in fact, tell them to send me a, a keyboard. I'm not going to be too long because I, I really want to make room for us to pray today. You know you're supposed to pray when you go to church, right? Isn't that a mysterious thing sometimes? The people go to church for weeks and weeks and they never pray. We're supposed to pray. My house should be called a house of what? Not a house of preaching. House of prayer. Okay. 
So what it means is that every single day, take exactly who you are. And if you give God a time and a place like we talked about last week, and you start to read the Bible, okay, here's what happens. As you read, you start your day by worshiping. You start your time with God by worshiping God. See, worshiping God shouldn't be foreign to you. Actually, it should be the thing that you do the most when you get alone with God. So I love that song. Jesus, you're not done with me. You're doing a new thing. First time I ever heard that today. How many want Jesus to do a new thing? Come on. Man, this is too intense. No, this is Christianity. I promise you, I promise you this is Christianity. Okay? Christianity is people not who just religiously go to church and put in their 45 minutes. Christianity is people waking up every day and reading and saying, I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I magnify your name, Lord Jesus. You're so good. You're so wonderful. Thank you. Jesus, I blew it yesterday. I said this or I did that, but God, thank you for your blood. Forgive me today, Jesus. Wash me clean. Give me a fresh start, oh God. Help me, Lord. I want to be like you. I want to be like you, Lord. Very simple. The beginning of your walk with God. Yes, he's feeding you, but you're ministering to him. You're just, you're reaching out to him. You're reaching out to him. And you're, you're trying your best to make his heart glad. But then you go from being a priest where you minister to God. Why do, we, why do you think we say the prayer meeting is the most important meeting of the week? It's because you got to learn how to pray. You got to learn how to talk to God and you need to learn how to pray for other people. Life gets the best in God when you're praying for other people. Life gets so amazing when you're interceding for other people. We had such a powerful prayer meeting here. We prayed for a man who, uh, from a pastor who came from Egypt, who was beaten and arrested a couple of times and who's taken the gospel all, uh, I'm sorry, not Egypt, Pakistan, who's taken the gospel uh, all over the 1040 window, who has such a burden. We were so blessed, so inspired. We had the privilege of praying for that man. It's awesome. But there's this thing where you you minister to the Lord. I want to encourage you, just real quick, this, this um, summer we're going to be having DNA groups. We've written something called DNA of a Leader. It's all about learning how to be privately healthy first and then publicly fruitful. It's where you learn from the Lord, for the Lord, people online. You're, we're going to be talking to you more about it. Devote your summer, not all of it, but part of your summer to really getting strong and healthy in private. And then watch your public life for God explode. From the Lord, for the Lord. How many want to have a summer of from the Lord, for the Lord? Put your hands together and say yes. Jesus will reward you. He will bless you. Now, 
two quick application points. Two quick application points. You see this. How does the voice of God develop you? It's in two ways. Number one, the voice of God develops his nearness. His nearness. What does it mean, the Lord, when the Bible says, and the Lord was with him? It means that Samuel had a lifestyle of worshiping, listening, and obeying God, and people could feel it. People could feel God is with that person. You know what I'm praying for you? I'm praying that tomorrow somebody would feel that Jesus is with you. People could feel it. People could feel the effects of his ministry to Christ and he ministered to the Lord and he walked into rooms and said, God is with him. People should be able to tell that you've been with the Lord. People should, be, should know that, oh, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but there's something about them. You see, in other words, the more you spend time with God, the more people know the Lord is with him. I was, I was uh, last week we were in Carlinville. Pastor, we're affiliated with the Assemblies of God. Pastor Jose was ordained. And uh, um, it was, I was so privileged to be there with my, laying my hands on Pastor Jose. You want to talk about somebody, first disciple of this church, to watch him grow and develop. I was just like a puddle of tears. Luke uh, uh, was, uh, what's Luke's last? Turley. Luke and his wife, uh, which I know very, very well, but this is what happens when you get my age. You can't even remember people's names. Luke and Trish were there, came here as college students. He got ordained. She got her license. She was credentialed. Powerful. But can I tell you, one of the, my favorite moments of, it was two or three days of us meeting together. This, this is kind of like our district council. Pastor Christian, who's 34. How old is Pastor Christian? Thir 32. <laughs> it's the vibe, brother. So he's an old soul, right? Come on. Who, who do you know that's 32 that talks in King James like Pastor Christian, Right? He's like the King James prophet around here. So anyway, Pastor Christian was leading all of these four or 500 ministers, many of which were older than him. I was standing in the back and I was watching and they were listening. Okay, so here's this young pastor inspiring other people to get closer to God and to seek God. He was ushering them in, and they were listening. You know why? because they could feel God with him. They could feel the nearness of God on him. Oh, that, oh, that this week somebody would feel the, the nearness of God on my life. Oh, that he would feel, that someone would feel the nearness of God upon our lives. Oh, Jesus, just like Samuel, the Lord was with him. The Lord didn't allow any of his words to fall to the ground. You know what the nearness of God does? It gives you spiritual stature. Everyone say spiritual stature. It means that you have real standing in God. Okay, God wants to give us standing in God. It means that people respect the hand of God upon your life. Listen, Pastor Simbla used to say this, don't take yourself too seriously, but take the call of God seriously. 
If people don't respect your walk with God, something's wrong. In this day and age, something is not right. It's little things. I went back to being a baby Christian, okay? I, was, I used to work um, probably my most undesirable job I ever had was I worked in the billing department at a hospital. I was about, I don't know, 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, I don't remember exactly. I just know. I was so bad at it because it was so many details and I just couldn't do it. And I tried, but I couldn't do it. And the, one of the managers would hand me back the paperwork and it was always the wrong way. It was just really specific and I just, I couldn't do it. So I wasn't happy at this job, but um, I remember it was like a room like this, like this platform. There were two managers. One manager was a woman. Another manager was a man, big man. Uh, um, and then there were all of these desks and um, I was in the back. And one day the manager, the male gets up and he walks towards the back with a little black book. It's a little binder. And he walks towards the back and then, um, and I had, honestly, I was so bad at it. I was like, uh-oh, here goes some, I don't know what's going on, but I might be in trouble. And he puts the black book on my desk, little binder. Then he walks away. And when he walks away, everyone kind of chuckled. So I opened the book. And when I opened the book, it was all of these like pornographic cartoons. And I was, I was young in the Lord. I remember the moment. I was young in the Lord and I was like, okay. The manager just put this in front of me. What do you do, Lord, when the manager puts this in front of you? I can't say I heard a voice, but it, I had the impression of you do the right thing. So I closed it immediately. I closed it and I stood up. I was, I mean, I was kind of stood up and I, I just walked back in front of everyone and I put it on his desk. And then he said to me, what are you studying for the priesthood? And I said, something like that. And I just walked back. And can I tell you, that was the first time somebody who didn't grow up in the Lord that I experienced the difference of people saying, after that, I related to everyone in the office related to me differently that, after that. People asked me to pray for them. There were the, the, the type of conversations were completely different, even though I was the worst worker in the department, hands down. You know, this dude is a crummy worker, but he is godly, <laughs> you know? So look, this week, if you spend time with the Lord, forgive me for crying. Forgive me. I, the burden of the Lord is upon me. You hear? Because I'm looking at the news and I'm telling you that the light of Christ is greater than the darkness of Satan in this world. The devil, the world, politics, all of that is not greater than the kingdom of God. But we have to stand up and answer the call. We gotta answer the call to follow Jesus and to do his will. And listen, little answers all over the place. Everybody here, little answers. Little yeses to God. His voice gets stronger and stronger. And then people say, well, God is with them. 
you see? And then the next thing is this, and I'll close with this. The voice of God, listen, the voice of God then develops our usefulness. Useful, by usefulness, I mean this. It means that you become someone to other people that they can count on as a source of hearing from God. You see, here's the way it goes. We receive the voice of God secondhand until we cross the line and start receiving it firsthand. We're supposed to be that secondhand source. People should be able to depend on us to say, oh, I need someone to pray. I know I'm gonna call this young lady because, because I, need, I need someone to pray. I trust her. I trust her walk with God. I trust, I trust the way she lives. She's a living example. And you know what? I need some spiritual help. That's who I'm going to. It's so funny, the people who mock you when they're in trouble, they pull you to the side and they, yo, could you say a prayer for me? You ever, you ever see how that happens in the world all the time? Making fun of you? That's the way it's supposed to be. The voice of God, it develops our usefulness. This has nothing to do with education. This has nothing to do with uh, professional advancement. This has everything to do with letting God grow you and shape you with his word. There's like a, here's what I would say. There's like a God angle that God gives his child. And there's all of these different opinions. Then God gives you his opinion. And when you give his opinion, everyone knows God has spoken. And all of a sudden we're used by him. And we're, 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 we're being a real blessing. Let me, last thing I'll say. When you're living the life of the called, you're living on call. You ever talk to a doctor and say, oh, I'm, I'm on call today? They got their beeper on them. How many know? Everybody say, I'm on call. Yes, you are. Be on call. Be ready any moment. Be ready in season and out of season to be that source for someone, to be that answer for someone. Somebody say amen. Be ready. How do you get ready? You spend time and you let the voice of God shape your life. Lord, let your voice shape our lives. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Come on, say it with me. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Shape our lives shape our lives, and then the possibilities, the circumstances, they just open up for God's people. I want to I wanna go back to the, the example of someone joining, serving, and then having some young person give that call, okay? Someone joins, I don't know if this is bad for the cameras, but someone joins the church and gives the call. Could I borrow your Bible? Okay. So look, we're gonna close with this. You, you got the word of God and there's this special transaction that takes place between you and the Lord. I'm telling you right now, no matter where you've been, what you've done, no matter what you've engaged in, the blood of Jesus is powerful to cleanse you. 
and we are candidates to be used by God. He wants to put his hand upon our lives. Somebody say, yes, I believe that. Somebody say amen to that. He wants to use us. Hallelujah. You don't know what the transaction will be, but you just have your time with God. And then the day unfolds and you find yourself in the right place at the right time. And you have no idea how you're gonna respond, but the spirit inside of you is ready because of what happened in private. The spirit inside of you is ready. So listen to me, it's that simple, go home Go home and forge that place where you say, Lord, I have to be shaped by your voice. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? They shall be filled. 